0: Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. As a Catholic Church, we have hundreds and hundreds of saints. Saints that have been canonized for heroic virtue or for doing great things. Now, one could argue it may be somewhat disappointing Well over 90% of our canonized saints are religious—priests, nuns, bishops—people that choose to live celibate lives. There are very few married couples that are canonized saints. Now, think of sanctity, heroic virtue. What comes to your mind, or who comes to your mind? I don't know about you, but what comes to my mind is parents— Parents in their selfless love that they give to their children. Parents as spouses, they, you see this on a regular basis. The demands each spouse places upon the other. The amount of selfless acts each spouse does for the other throughout their marriage. Now that's what I call sanctity. That's what I call heroic virtue. If you look in the first reading as well as in the gospel for this weekend's readings, They speak to us about just that, about the holiness of married life. If you look at many of the writings of John Paul II, he has taught us that marriage is every bit a vocation, as is priesthood or the diaconate. In the sacrament of marriage, man and woman are brought together for God's plan and purpose. We see that from the very beginning of time and space. Turn to the first reading. That we have from Genesis. It's the story of creation. Now, notice how it begins. The Lord said, It is not good for man to be alone. I will make a suitable partner for him. So, the Lord God formed out of ground various wild animals and various birds of the air. He brought them to the man to see what he would call them. Now, remember, we are all made in the image and likeness of God. And so, is God ever alone? Is the Father ever alone by himself, away from the Holy Spirit and the Son? No, not at all, because they are a community of three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They're always together. They're never separated. Well, in the story of creation, God sees Adam all alone, and he says to himself, you know, this just isn't good. Just like there's no way that the Father could be separated from the Son or the Holy Spirit. They're always together. That's what makes them the community of love that they share between each other. And so, God, in response to this, He first makes animals to see if they would be a suitable partner for Adam. And He finds out they're not. See, Adam can't relate to the animals intellectually, socially, or even emotionally. Next, God creates Eve out of Adam's rib. Now, what's declared here? The equality of Adam and Eve is the grounds of partnership, which really is the foundation for marriage. See, now Adam and Eve can be truly friends and partners. More to it, it stresses that marriage is part of God's plan and purpose, married couple is drawn together precisely for the purpose of accomplishing God's plan. Jesus Christ and St. Paul saw this very clearly. In the Gospels, as well as in St. Paul's epistles, his letters, we see Christian marriage has a Christian purpose to it. More to it, Christian marriage is best symbolized or mirrored with the union of Jesus and his church. Throughout all four of the Gospels, Jesus always refers to himself as the groom. The church, us, we are the bride. And so Jesus gives his love and his very life for his church, his bride. And as a church, our response is to give our love to God and offer lives to Jesus by living by Jesus' teaching. Look at St. Paul repeatedly wrote about how love and marriage between man and woman is the closest expression of love between Christ and his church. Therefore, we have to begin to ask certain questions. Was Jesus' love for his church joyful? Sure it was. I'm sure Jesus took delight, always being with his apostles and his followers. Marriage is also a source of joy, but not a giddy joy like a half-wit but a true sense of joy for each spouse, surely being in the presence of one another throughout their marriage. Was Jesus' love for his church genuine? Absolutely. To the extent that Jesus always challenges us in our faith to draw into a more deeper spirituality and relationship with him. Well, so too with marriage. You know, the love between man and woman, husband and wife, must always be genuine to the extent that they challenge each other to a deeper love and a deeper commitment throughout their lives together. Did Jesus suffer for the church positively? His mission reached its apex, its climax, when he mounted the cross. And the world saw the greatest act of self-sacrificing love known to the world. And so, too, with marriage. Each spouse, from time to time, sometimes must suffer for the other. And yet, that's the price of love. Now, mind you, there is no such thing as dumb suffering, suffering that is completely meaningless. Suffering does have meaning. Couples suffer for each other, and in doing so, they're living out the cross of Jesus Christ in their lives. Now, you may say, okay, I get it. I can see how the relationship between Jesus and the church best mirrors or is symbolic of the marriage between husband and wife. But it begs the question, how does marriage accomplish the purpose and the plans of God? Well, what I want to do is offer maybe just three simple ways in which marriage accomplishes God's plans in this world. Because really, it fosters love life, and holiness. First, love. Marriage between Jesus and the church was always based upon love. Jesus came into this world, being born just like you and I, out of love for us. You know, he walked our walk, talked our talk, taught us out of love. He mounted the cross and saved us because of love for us. Well, so too with a husband and wife. Both gaze at each other, and both say to each other, My life is about you. My life is about receiving the love you give me, and giving the love that I have for you. But that love spills over, and touches all the people in their lives. First their children, then their extended family, and then their friends. Furthermore, that love manifests itself in actions, I'll give you just a few simple examples. Maybe a spouse takes a second job during Christmas time in order to buy presents for the family. Or maybe a spouse stays awake all night long tending to a sick child, You know, allowing the other spouse to get a good night's sleep because they know that spouse has to wake up early in the morning and go to work. Now, children, too, learn love from their parents. You know, children are constantly watching their parents and learning from them. They watch their parents and they see how the parents express love for one another. And then how they express love to themselves, to the children of the family. And so the children learn how to love and what love is from their parents. Life. Life, essentially, just as marriage of Jesus and the church produce life for us all, in this case, eternal life, will so too with marriage between a husband and a wife. A husband and a wife, whether they're blessed with the ability to have children or are blessed with the gift of adoption, the husband and the wife they realize they, along with God, are the authors of life, and they recognize and always are aware of how awesome that gift of life is given to them by God. And they recognize that it is priceless, and they nurture their lives of their children throughout their entire life, providing with them a loving environment in which they're brought up with the faith and establish the domestic church at home. Holiness. Just as Jesus makes the church, us, holy, so a husband and wife. Make each other holy. Each spouse encourages each other, motivates, maybe even challenges each other to grow stronger in their faith. Furthermore, both the husband and the wife, they recognize their role by being the primary educators of their children in matters of faith and morals. And in doing so, again, they establish, they create, and then they nurture the domestic church at home. For the entire family, and in doing so, the entire family grows stronger in the spiritual and moral life. Friends, today the readings are a beautiful symphony. They all blend together like a beautiful song. The readings speak to us about marriage, the beautiful sacrament. Marriage, yes, it's a reality that is deeply blessed by God, but also it's reflective of the way God is towards us all. And may the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.